Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man who is the play-by-play voice of the Chicago Cubs radio network since 1996. Prior to that, he spent 12 years calling games for the Milwaukee Brewers with broadcast partner Bob Euchre. He spent 17 years as a radio television play-by-play man for Marquette University Basketball. After his work with the Brewers, he partnered with color commentator, former Hall of Fame third baseman for the Cubs, Ron Santo. That partnership lasted 14 years, starting in 1996 until 2010, when we lost Ron Santo to bladder cancer. Their on-air unique chemistry came to be known as the Pat and Ron Show. Aside from his busy play-by-play schedule, he is the writer producer and narrator of a tremendous series of audio CDs entitled Baseball Voices, where he pays tribute to the all-time greats of the industry. It is an honor to welcome the man that the National Sportscasters and Sportscasters Writers Association have given seven Illinois Sportscaster of the Year awards, in addition to three Wisconsin Sportscaster of the Year awards, the one and only Pat Hughes to WLIE 540M Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Pat. Mark and Ryan, how are you guys doing today? We, you know what? Anytime you know there's snow on the ground, we, we just had 35 minutes with Brandon Nimmo, and now we get to talk more baseball, it's always a good day. I hear you. I was thrilled. I just saw about an hour ago that a good friend of mine, Alan Trammell, was elected yeah. to the Hall of Fame earlier today. Also, Jack Morris. Yep. And uh, I see where the Cubs uh, apparently have signed a free agent reliever, Brandon Morrow, as the winter meetings kick into full gear. You, you didn't have to, you know, you are in a New York market here right now, and Brandon Morrow was one of the guys the Mets were targeting, but you, you didn't have to drop that in. But, oh, okay, we'll give you that. Um, I, I apologize. <laughs> I, I got carried away. I, I was insensitive. We are going to talk a lot about Mel Allen, though, the yes. great former voice of the Yankees. We'll, I'll try to make up for it, okay? We absolutely will. So in addition <laughs> to the teams that I mentioned in the intro, your broadcasting career includes stints as a broadcaster for the Minnesota North Stars hockey team, minor league baseball yeah. teams, the Columbus Clippers, San Jose Missions, college games for Northwestern University, San Jose State University, University of Wisconsin-Madison, announcing games for ESPN in 2016, your 20th season with the Cubs, 3,240 regular season games later, you get to do what no other radio voice of the Chicago Cubs ever did, and that's to call a World Series championship for the Cubs. Given the road that you traveled, what did being in that seat that night mean to you? Well, I'll tell you what, Mark, I did not know if I was ever going to have (laughs) the opportunity to broadcast a World Series. That would have been my 34th consecutive year as a major league announcer, and that was my first World Series. So I had never even gotten into one, let alone be the announcer for a winning team. It was incredibly exciting, and not only for me, but for Cub fans uh, all over the planet. Uh, It's it's similar to the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox. Uh, there, There are certain clubs, certain franchises in sports where they have not just a local or regional audience, it's literally national and, in some cases, international. And I think the Cubs fit into that category. So there there were so many millions of fans that never got the chance to witness a Cubs World Series. They passed before it happened. But uh, I was well well aware of them. I was aware of people like Ernie Banks and Ron Santo and Harry Carey, who are no longer with us. They would have absolutely loved that experience. 
but it was the thrill of a lifetime for me. It was a little bit hectic, uh, to say the least, the fact that it was a 10-inning Game 7 between the Cubs and Indians. Uh, it went right down to the final play where the tying run was on base at the end. But um, I was lucky enough to make the call. The Chicago Cubs win the World Series, and, and I forget exactly what I said after that. But it was, it was a lot of fun and certainly a memory that I will never forget. Well, it's interesting that, and that was my next question, and it's very interesting that you said that you forgot you know, what you said next. A lot of, especially given the magnitude of that game, a lot of announcers today kind of look for that moment and, and kind of make it about them. You certainly did not. Your, your call of the final out was this. A little bouncer slowly towards Bryant. He will glove it, throw to Rizzo, and it's in time. And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. The Cubs come pouring out of the dugout, jumping up and down like a bunch of delirious 10-year-olds. The Cubs have done it. The longest drought in the history of American sports is over, and the celebration begins. I'm wondering, as that moment, and you did chronicle the fact that it was a nail-biter, as it got closer and closer, were there different calls going through your head, given the magnitude of that moment? I would say yes and no. Uh, the, the main thing as a radio announcer, now maybe TV guys would treat it a little bit differently, but on radio, first and foremost, you have to be true to your audience for that final play. And if you plan out some flowery description, uh, and let's, let's present two different scenarios for the ending of ball games. One game has the Cubs leading 11 to nothing. The other game is a nail-biter, like we saw between the Cubs and Indians, going right down to the final play. Those are two completely different feelings at the ballpark at that time. So if you plan out something word for word, it might not fit one or the other of those scenarios. So I think that's a slippery slope and something that would be ill-advised to try to plan out word for word. I wanted to make the final call. I think I did that. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I was not premature with the World Series uh, jubilation call, and I think I did that. I wanted also to have my voice under control at the time. Uh, I know that it's it's uh, easier said than done, but, boy, you get to those moments, and you are just trying to stay calm. Uh, you're trying not to let your voice crack, or you're trying not to lose your voice. It's easy to have happen, but I, I was... You know, aware of all those things. I wanted it to be under control. I wanted immediately to get out the fact that the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. And then beyond that, I, I really did not plan it out. You know, it's really funny. When you're broadcasting, and I don't know if you guys have done play-by-play, and maybe you experience it as a talk show host, but your mind also always has to kind of be in a fast-forward mode. Not only are you discussing the topic that you're discussing right now, but you always have to think about your next comment, the next five minutes, the next hour. So you always are looking forward. And sometimes when you hear yourself later, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I did in Game 7 of the World Series a couple of years ago. You will hear yourself say something, and you have no recollection of saying it. It's very bizarre. It's almost frightening. But I was driving down the road the next day, and they were playing the highlight over and over, bless their hearts. And uh, in the middle of one of those comments there, I said, the Cubs have done it. And I know it was my voice because I heard it, but I had no recollection at all of saying those words right after the, the final out. It's kind of a funny thing. 
Very interesting to note. You know, the other thing that, that you do so well is you really, you paint the picture. You, you do what radio does best. And it's so interesting to me that in an era where technology changes so rapidly, the way we consume content changes daily, radio remains a constant, and baseball on the radio is loved cross generations. No matter what the age you, you you will find a millennial or, or a twenty something just sitting in a car with XM radio or even on their on their phones now with the MLB.com and stream the live audio of radio. Why do you think that radio is so timeless and crosses amongst all those generations? I think perhaps, uh, Mark, that one of the words you just used, timeless, is one of the main reasons. Um, it's a marriage made in heaven. Baseball on the radio is special. It is sweet. And I know a lot of people 40, 50 years ago when television came along, they said, oh, that's going to kill radio. Radio's going to be done. It's all going to be television from now on. Well, I'm very happy to say that has not happened yet. In fact, if anything, baseball on the radio is going stronger right now than it's ever gone. When you consider the rights fees, uh, the enormous uh, multi-million dollar rights fees that radio stations are paying to ball clubs to have the rights to broadcast their games, the sponsorship dollars that uh, sponsors pay radio stations to have their commercials read during games, those numbers are, I believe, at an all-time high. Uh, the salaries that are paid to broadcasters, thankfully, um, you know that that's, I think, at an all-time high. So baseball on the radio has not gone away. It has not been killed by television, even though we live in the video age. And uh, I think it's here to stay. And I, I, I can't imagine a society, an American society, without baseball on the radio. It's, um, it's constant. It's every day. I think part of the attraction of it is that uh, it's a simple fact that some fans, they don't really follow the standings and they don't know who's the leading hitter in the league or who has the most home runs or who's the best pitcher. I honestly believe that some fans simply want to listen to a ball game for a few minutes each day, maybe 15, 20 minutes, just to get away from their own troubles and their own worries and their own problems. Baseball, if it's done properly, has kind of a soothing effect. And um, it's I would call it one of the healthiest forms of escapism in American life. So that's kind of a long-winded response to your question about baseball on the radio. It's so clear that you have this tremendous admiration for the soundtrack of baseball, and it extends way past Chicago. Your off-season passion is your project, Baseball Voices, an audio series you created and produced that pays tribute to the best baseball announcers in history. You know, Santo, Carey, Carey's former St. Louis colleague Jack Buck, Brett Cuss, and, and Carey's former Cubs colleague Milo Hamilton and others. You narrate the audio series as well. How did the idea for this project come about? Well, that's funny. In my business, uh, we receive all kinds of promotional materials. Uh, we receive books and DVDs and CDs and, and other things. And the hope from the people who send us those are that we will mention it on the air and give people free publicity. That's pretty obvious. And I have received many audio tributes over the years, and uh, I, I would listen to them, and I would think, well, that's, that's pretty good. But it had never really been done by a guy who was actually a broadcaster. And I thought, what the heck? Uh, it was the 
It was the winter of 2005-2006, I believe. I no longer was coaching my daughter's basketball games. They were too old. Uh, I had some surgery on my shoulder, so I couldn't work out. So I, I was here in the wintertime in Chicago, and I was l- listening to Jack Buck uh, on one of the old tapes that I had. And he was calling Ozzie Smith's home run in 1985, the game winner. He belted one against Tom Needenfewer. I believe it was game five of the um, NLCS that year. A famous call, great call by Jack Buck. I, I love Jack, by the way. But uh, he, as soon as he said, uh, you know, the home run, he said, go crazy, folks, go crazy. The Cardinals have won the game on a home run by the Wizard. Go crazy. And I just love that call. Uh, it, was, it was a classic radio home run call. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to try to put together a little CD uh, of Jack Buck. And that was the first track, uh, the Ozzie Smith home run, uh, where he's, he's saying, go crazy. Uh, so I put that track together. I thought, okay, now where do I go? Well, I, I, I also love Jack's home run call of Kurt Gibson in 1988 off of Dennis Eckersley. I don't believe what I just saw. It's another great call. So there's another track. And then I, I realized that, and I knew Jack Buck, you know, being in the same league as the Cardinals, the Cubs and Cards. So I, I, I got to know him a little bit. And I knew he was very funny and very outgoing and had a great sense of humor. So I found some of those clips. There's another track. Uh, then I went back to his early days, and I realized I found out that he, he did some hockey. He did some college football. Uh, he did a lot of after-dinner speaking. So there are some more tracks. And then you just you, you start doing the research, and uh, you find some calls that he made back in 1964 when the Cardinals uh, won the pennant. And... Lo and behold, all of a sudden I had about 10 or 12 tracks together, and I put the Jack Buck CD together. Uh, my daughter Janelle did the artwork. And also, in a happy coincidence for me, Mark, that year, 2006, coincided with the Cardinals winning the World Series. Uh, I also, in the meantime, I put a, a CD together on Harry Carey. So I had Harry and Jack uh, in St. Louis. Uh, right after they had won the World Series, and a, and a great sports writer and a wonderful man by the name of Dan Caesar of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, uh, I gave him a couple of promotional copies of those CDs, and he loved them. He called me and interviewed me. He put a beautiful article in the paper, and uh, amazingly, there were about 300 orders in my mailbox uh, about four days later, and I thought, you know what? I think I may have hit on something here. So that's what started it all, and um, it, it basically came down to the fact that um, uh, I had heard all these CDs, all these tributes, and they had never been put together by a, an actual broadcaster. And so that's the start of it, and happily, uh, I've, I've put together 15 of those things now. It's unbelievable. It's a who's who of the best broadcasters ever. We have about three minutes before we have to go to break. You were kind enough to send me the Mel Allen CD. Uh, given the news of the Yankees' acquisition of Gene Carlos Stanton, the track on the Maris Mantle chase of the Babes record was very timely. It's interesting to note if Stanton and and um, Judge recreate their career best last year, they would still fall four short of Mantle and Maris. Um, 
in this CD, you have a, an unbelievable interview uh, at game 154 of Mel Allen sitting down with Roger Maris talking about the pressure and, and you know and how he was glad the 154 mark was over. Could you share a little bit of that with our audience? I, yes, and, and thanks, Mark. First of all, if any of your audience members would like a copy of the Mel Allen CD, it's available at BaseballVoices.com. And um, it's, it's about an hour long, and it's got uh, many, many of uh, Mel's old highlights. Absolutely fascinating. It's, it's fun. But right. that particular interview, I love that. And that's, that's the joy of being a producer of this series. When you find a gem uh, that you did not know existed, and here you've got the late Mel Allen and the late Roger Maris, and it's a famous period in baseball history, and they're both talking about the pressure that Roger felt, the fact that he was greatly relieved when the season was over. Uh, he, he was pleased, but he was just exhausted at the end of uh, that 1961 season. Um, and, and I've known many people who knew Roger Maris well, and they said he was a tremendous guy. He was just a low-key guy from, I believe, South Dakota or one of the Dakotas, and he was just a, a down-to-earth guy and a great athlete. He was an excellent high school football player. But that interview, it, I think it really it shows the human side of Roger Maris and the great interviewing skills of Mel Allen. So that, that's why I put that one in there. But it was a joy to find that clip, knowing that I had never heard it before, and maybe Yankee fans would like to hear this as well. Absolutely. I had never heard that before as well. And then there's a story that Mel always related about Lou Gehrig, which is also just, just so touching from the other end, what an announcer means to a player. Uh, the interesting question I have for you before we let you go is who are you going to get to narrate the Pat Hughes voices of the game CD? <laughs> Make me an offer, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mo most importantly, where can people get this extremely educational, enjoyable it just, you know, especially in the winter, it's just so good to pop that in and hear some of the legendary calls. Where can people get a hold of these CDs? Well, thanks again. It's, it's BaseballVoices.com, and we offer free shipping. The CDs are very affordable. Uh, they are $14.95. We have not changed the price on those in years. And um, you order it now, you'll have it in plenty of time for the holidays. And, and I think if, if I could just make one final statement about it, Mark, the Baseball Voices CDs, it's, it's about memories, and the memories are multiple. They are memories that you'll have of your favorite team, your favorite players, your favorite announcer. But if you're old enough, and, for example, one of the uh, segments on the Mel Allen CD is the Dave Rigetti no-hitter. Right. It's one of the final big calls of Mel's career. It was the 4th of July of 1983, and uh, Dave Brigetti strikes out Wade Boggs. But that entire half inning uh, is, is almost uh, featured. It's about five minutes long. But it's great to hear Mel Allen. Uh, and the point I'm making is that the memories you have are of the broadcaster, your team, your favorite players. But it's the memory you have of yourself at that time, at that, time. that might be the most special memory of all. Yeah, and just to hear Mel Allen you know, during This Week in Baseball again. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Pat, we appreciate your time tonight so much. Thanks a lot. Happy to be on with you, Mark. I enjoyed it. We'll do it again sometime, okay? Sounds good to me. Pat Hughes, the voice Thank of the you. Chicago Cubs, writer, producer, and narrator of Baseball Voices.